I did a stream reacting to some of the outrage by Charlie Kirk about the Super Bowl. And whenever we talk about music and culture, some of you guys get confused and you fall back into this notion that an appreciation for music, an appreciation for art, an appreciation for something is in total endorsement of it. And I want to read this Rick Warren quote to you guys that I think is helpful to help us understand this. This is actually a quote going around that has been misattributed to... Dave Chappelle, but it's actually a Rick Warren quote from about 10 years ago. Our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe or do. Both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. And that last word, compassionate. Why do certain people behave a certain way? And I'm going to tell you guys a story from my personal background about some of the tension I had within my own cultural identity. Some of you guys may know I'm an Armenian refugee originally from Azerbaijan, Baku. Me and my family came out because of the pogroms of Baku. It's a wild story. Um, I, I won't have time to get into all of it, but I grew up with this internal sense of I don't know if it was if it was hate per se, but there was definitely a tension that I had because of some of the things that were culturally dysfunctional. And when I got into music, I would see some of those same patterns. And now we're seeing that with the Super Bowl and people saying, oh, well, you know, 50 Cent song in the club is this. Uh, Snoop Dogg is talking about this, all these different things. And I think what we forget is that people are a culmination oftentimes of their choices, but also the choices that were made for them, the environments they grew up in, so on and so forth. And so there's two stories in the scriptures that I'm going to parallel to some of this, not as a perfect, clean parallel. And then I'm going to tell you guys about my own story and why I felt this tension within my own cultural identity. So if you guys haven't read through the Bible in a year, I highly recommend it. I'm going through the Bible in a year. I just finished the book of Genesis. I'm in the book of Exodus right now, but there's two stories in the book of Genesis that are wild. Okay. One of them is about Abraham and Lot and This, I think, is an interesting story that oftentimes gets overlooked. So this is right after God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? This is Genesis 19, here in verse 26, but Lot's wife looked back as she was following him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Some of us know that line from uh, uh, Chance the Rapper on Ultralight Beam, my my, my ex looking back and she turned into a pillar of salt, right? So this is referencing that. And then right into this, check this out, it goes, verse 27, Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a per- like a like a furnace. So here is Abraham seeing Sodom and Gomorrah burning, right? In verse 29, but God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities on the plain. Guys, please watch till the very end because I promise you this is going to tie in and it's going to make a ton of sense. So here, God honors Abraham's request to protect Lot, his his relative Lot, right? And he doesn't get burned up with Sodom and Gomorrah. He gets rescued. He gets delivered. This is a lot like us, okay? Now watch what happens next. Check this out. Afterward, Lot left Zorah because he was afraid of the people there, and he went to live in a cave in the mountains with his two daughters. One day, the older daughter said to her sister, there are no men left anywhere in this entire area, so we can't get married like everyone else, and our father will soon be too old to have children. 
Come, let's get him drunk with wine, and then we will have relations with him. That way, we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine, and the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. He was so wasted that he didn't even understand what was happening, that his own daughters were doing this to him. Okay, this is some wild stuff. This is Genesis. This is the first book of the Bible. This is the beginning, okay? The next morning, the older daughter said to her younger sister, I had relations with our father last night. Let's get him drunk with wine again, and you go in and have relations with him. That way, we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine again, and the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him. As before, he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. Wild stuff. This is incest. This is insane, okay? As a result, both Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. So, Lot gets rescued. His daughters are presumed to be with him. They get rescued. They do not get destroyed with Sodom and Gomorrah. And after they get rescued, they do the most debaucherous, wild thing that you wouldn't expect people who just got rescued, who just got delivered to do. A similar thing happens earlier in Genesis chapter 9. Noah, a man of the soil, uh, proceeded to plant a vineyard. So this is after there's a flood, a bunch of people die, Noah is saved, Noah is preserved, Noah's life is spared, okay? Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard, and when he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered uh, inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, okay, saw his father's nakedness and told his two brothers. So Ham sees this and tells his brothers. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders, then they walked backwards and covered their father's nakedness. Their faces turned the other way so that they would not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and find out his youngest son had done to him, he said, curse be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will be to his brothers. So here we have Noah rescued, redeemed, protected, preserved. And what does he do? He gets up, he gets off the, the, the boat and he plants a vineyard and then he gets drunk off his own wine. He falls out naked and he's ashamed and his sons have to cover him up. But let's, let's go a little deeper here. Uh, why did Noah curse Canaan when it was Ham who saw him naked? Why was Noah so angry at, at um, so angry that Ham saw him naked. Some proposed that Ham and or Canaan actually did something to Noah in addition to seeing him naked. This passage mentions that Noah was angry when he found out what his youngest son had done to him. And then you could fill, it, fill in the blanks. Potentially rape, humiliation, frequently mentioned as possibilities. Run, uh, one rabbinic teaching is that Ham or Canaan castrated his father. However, the text nowhere states what Ham did to Noah. Any theory of what occurred is speculation. So this is some wild stuff happening, right? And so when Charlie Kirk put that up about the Super Bowl being sexual anarchy, my buddy Dustin chimed in and said, you know, that was PG. The Bible is rated R. There's, there's wild stuff that happened. Here are two things just in the book of Genesis. Why am I telling you guys this? Because there's this pattern that we see with Noah being rescued, and then we see the same thing happening later down the road with Lot being rescued. It's to act in a way that's completely incongruent with someone that has been redeemed, rescued by the living God, okay? So... When I was growing up, I had the same hostility towards my Armenian refugees because what I grew up as I grew up seeing a ton of addiction, 
alcoholism, abusive women. I remember there being multiple, multiple men who died tragically in drunk driving accidents. I remember being seven, eight, getting phone calls from my mom's friends because so-and-so had too much to drink and crashed. And it created this hostility in me against my, my, my own people. And I didn't understand until this day, my mom still wrestles with addiction. You know, folks from the Soviet Union tend to drink a lot. I've always wrestled with to the point where there was a sense of hostility that when I finally got saved, I wanted to be as assimilated as possible to American culture. And I didn't quite understand it until recently. As an adult, I started asking my parents, what was it like? What was it like when you had to come out here as refugees? What led to that? And I started hearing some of the barbaric things that happened to them. Some of the things that happened to their friends. Some of the ways that their life was preserved caused them to yo-yo in the opposite direction that when they finally got to America, when they finally got to the promised land, when they finally got into a place of freedom and liberation, they partied. They were going wild, drinking, they didn't know how to control their emotions. They didn't know how to deal with all the PTSD and all the trauma they experienced. And so what did you get? We had a culture of men and women who were alcoholics. We had a culture of men and women who were very violent towards each other. We had a culture of men dying and leaving behind children because they were drunk driving. Multiple, multiple situations. And all these folks kind of went to church and claimed to be, uh, you know, Ar Armenian Christians because Armenians are the first Orthodox church, this whole bit, right? Why am I telling you guys this? I'm telling you guys this because when we see certain people who are successful, like a 50 Cent, like a Snoop Dogg, we don't get why would they make music that's so dark. But what people miss is that these dudes experienced certain levels of PTSD that my own family experienced. They experienced certain levels of traumatic events that they were never equipped to deal with. What am I talking about? So in the club comes out, 50 cents is talking about, I'm in the main, in the having sex, I ain't in the making love, right? Talking about popping X in the club. Debaucherous, what is going on? What's going on? Folks don't factor in that 50 cent had got shot nine times just years before that, okay? He lost his mother at a very young age, right? And that's not an excuse None of this is an excuse. But when you, when you factor in that Snoop beat a murder case in the 90s because there was someone that allegedly shot at them first, his bodyguard shot back. He was tried on murder and while he had a song out called Murder Was The Case. Talk about life imitating art. Like the crack epidemic of the 80s. And so none of this is an excuse. They're, 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 they're wilding out, they're acting out, they're doing things that are self-destructive in the same way we see Noah gets off the boat, preserved, saved by God, gets drunk. We see Lot, his own daughters get him so drunk that he doesn't even know he's having intercourse with them. I call cap on that, by the way, but who knows? Maybe, I mean, the scriptures say he didn't know. This is some wild stuff. I'll say all that to say that I grew up with a hostility towards my own culture because I didn't quite understand the ramifications of what they went through until recently. I'm talking like within the last couple years. And once I started understanding what it means to be a survivor to the degree that my mother and father were survivors. Once I started to understand what they were saved from by coming to America without knowing the language, trying to make a life here, and, and experiencing serious traumatic events where they had friends that were beaten in front of their eyes. Once I started understanding these things, my, my heart softened for people of my own culture. I don't know if I would have reacted any different 
had I overcame what they came, never had the, 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 the utilities and the resources to deal with it, and came to another country, and now this is the promised land, who knows, man? In your own life, when you see somebody acting out, it's, it's, it's usually connected to something. They're either trying to soothe, they're either, they, they either overcame something and they're glad they're, they survived, or, or, or they don't have the capacity to deal with it, or they're just young and dumb and they just don't know any better. The way we deal with it is we love them, correct them, tell them the truth, but we don't discard them. And that's the most frustrating part about the Charlie Clark thing. You guys like completely missed the point of that video where you thought I was trying to co-sign uh, girls dancing and, and, and 50 Cent rapping about Pop and E. I would never co-sign that stuff. But, but when we say, hey, we can appreciate something, someone's artistic merits while rejecting what it, the content is. But deeper than that, I can understand somebody's frame of mind who just got shot nine times, barely survived, and then is all of a sudden on top of the world. I can understand the mindset that goes into the type of art that's going to come out of that because I saw it within my own circle, within my own cultural group. And if we led with a bit more empathy and a bit more understanding, perhaps folks that are far from God would be softened and willing to receive this good news of Jesus that we talk about. Because oftentimes people don't really, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't care how much Bible knowledge you have and how much truth you have until you can extend a degree of empathy and compassion and being willing to, to, to meet them where they're at. And I know that's not popular to say in a facts over feelings era, and I'm about facts, but creating this, this, this philosophy that certain cultures and certain people groups are just irredeemable and it should be utterly discarded, which I did a lot of times to my, to my own culture, is so unhelpful. And it's so toxic and combative. So I would pray that those of us who identify as followers of Jesus would just consider these things. And when you see these things in society and culture and art, that we would extend a bit more grace and try to understand what led him to say these wild things that he was saying and in the club, right? Because nobody wakes up out of nowhere and just makes art that's just that debaucherous, right? And again, I'll take us right back to that Rick Rowan quote, and maybe you disagree with me, our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe or do. Both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. Very few things that I admire about most modern hip hop today in terms of content. But what I can't deny is the brilliance of how this, this, this art form got made and where it came out of, right? So I think there's that, there's that tension. You can admire something and say, wow, that's creative without saying, oh yeah, I, I, I co-sign everything about it. I admire um, people on all sides of the spectrum, by the way. Like I think um, the way Kevin Samuels does his whole format, I think is very admirable. I think the way Dave Ramsey does certain things is very admirable. I think the way Joe Rogan is able to have three hour long conversations is very admirable. I think the way Ben Shapiro is able to just da 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 in a you know a couple of hours. I'm I'm a you can acknowledge someone's craft and ability without endorsing everything that they're presenting in all their points of view. If you want to partner, you want to support the mission here Patreon is the best way. 10 bucks a month, get all kinds of exclusive perks like that kind of stuff. All right? Love you guys. Peace. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Be sure to check out some of the links in the description with some free resources, including a master, my habits course that I put together with my Christian therapist, Dr. Rudy, as well as a free niche training if you're looking to get into the Christian YouTuber space. And check out some of these other videos from me and YouTube recommended to you. All right? Peace.